today is March 26, and my name is Taina Evans. We're here with the Our Streets, Our Story Project at the Macon Library. I'm here with Anthony Davenport, and he's going to talk. Tony. Tony. Tony's going to talk to us a little bit about his Brooklyn story. So, Tony, do you have a Brooklyn story to tell? Yes. Um, I was born in East New York on uh, in 1958. My family lived on Ashford Street. Um, we we lived there for uh, it was a two-family house. I lived downstairs from um, a family named Hubert's. And uh, what I remember is I, I, I can I can still picture the the apartment. And the, the people upstairs was there's a, an old man named Mr. Hubert who was very nice and kind of grandfatherly. And um, one of the relatives was a nun who um, was a little more, uh, was a little less friendly and less warm, as I remember. Um, we lived there until I was five, and then we moved to a place called Arlington Village in East New York. It's on Berriman Street. It ran from Berriman, Atkins, and Montauk Avenue, with the three blocks running east and west, bounded by Liberty Avenue and... Um, Atlantic Avenue. It was an interesting place because the um, the majority of the apartments faced into to two courtyards, where we didn't really have to play in the street. We had um, those grass and walkways, and we made baseball field. You know, we, we picked what was first base, what was second base. We played baseball. We, um, you know, um, basketball was played in the cement driveways at either end of the the. Uh, the, the courtyard was bordered by driveways and garages, and we were able to hang hoops and play basketball. Um, you know, we just had the run of the place, and, and actually, unlike um, some other place where you know you kind of parents had to kind of keep a watch on their kids for going out on the street, we weren't in the street, so we were kind of contained. And you grew up there; were a lot of kids there, and it, it's like you, you almost you had you had a bunch of mothers because you know if my mother wasn't around. Somebody else's mom was watching to make sure we didn't get out of line. Um, there was also a key food supermarket, a luncheonette, sort of attached. So, you know, you'd, you'd get, um, you know, one of the memories is, is how you got summoned. Was your mother or father would stick their head out a window and yell. And, you know, you, you kind of knew the pitch. You know, I could hear my mother, Tony. And it's time to go. And sometimes it would be throwing money out the window saying go to key food and get bread go get milk or sometimes you just come in and get you know and again you didn't have to cross the street to get to the key food so five or six years old you were making you were being sent to the store because there was nowhere to you know there's no danger um and you knew everybody in the neighborhood um you know and it was it was um i lived right across the street from saint rita's church and um, I went to St. Rita's School, <clears throat> which was on, which was a block away on um, Shepherd Avenue. And uh, to get to school, I could walk out on Barrowman, walk up to Atlantic or down to Liberty, walk across, and then walk halfway up the block to the schoolyard at St. Rita's. Or I can make sure there were no priests watching and jump the fence and cut through the church and just hope there were no priests looking out the rectory window. Um, I remember Father Varialli caught us once and we got, we got cuffed in the back of the neck and spoken to. 
Um, but you know, that's how I got to school. You know, you went with the nuns, and they were um, they were tough. Nuns were um, nuns were you know they 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 were they were they were strict. And um, you know, I I once I told my mother once I had a, a nun called Sister Bridget, who I told my mother she's very progressive. She doesn't give homework. She did. <laughs> And one day I got held after school, and my mother had to come to the school and get me. And Sister Bridget explained how I wasn't doing homework, and I was in a lot of trouble. Um, so you know, I, I went to St. Raiders, and, and I lived in Arlington Village from the time I was five until I was thirteen. So I sort of grew up there, and um, you know, it was it, it was it was a time, you know, we as we got a little bit older, and not much older, but six or seven the rule was you couldn't cross Atlantic Avenue because that was three lanes each way but we were allowed to cross the side street so we had two candy stores in the neighborhood Barney's on Atlantic and Essex and we all loved Angelo who behind the counter everybody loved him and uh, he that was our go-to candy store but he was closed on Mondays and on Mondays we had to go to Liberty Avenue to a place called Zips which we called Zip the Jip. And um, they were fine too, but you know, we loved Barney's. So that's where you bought your baseball cards. Um, you know, Barney's would have, Barney's had a counter and you had, uh, you know, you can get a soda and it, there were 10 cent egg creams and 25 cent egg creams. Or you can get a milkshake for 25 cents or a malted for 35 cents. And, uh, you know, he had every candy, but he also sold models. He sold some school supplies. You know, he had everything. You needed a skate, you went to Barney's. You know, we used to roll a skate, the old clip-on skates, you needed a key. And you can get a skate key at Barney's. You can actually get roller skates at Barney's. Um, he had everything in the back. And uh, when I was in the Boy Scouts, I was in the Boy Scout troop, Troop 116, based at St. Rita's. When we'd have a party, it was Barney that you know it was Barney's that supplied the ice cream because it was the neighborhood place. Everybody he knew everybody he knew who your parents were. He knew you know he knew, but he he was smart. He knew baseball cards. Um, you know when a new series came out, he'd tell you the new ones are here. You know you'd buy them. Um, so we you know spent a lot of time going to Barney's and uh, you know it was always walking to Barney's. I'll treat you a nickel. So if you had a quarter, you'd say, yeah, okay, walk me to Barney, I'll treat you a nickel, which meant you could buy a pack of baseball cards or eat. I'm not that old, but, well, I am. But um, candy bars were a nickel. Um, you know, you can get a pack of baseball cards for a nickel. Snow cones. You can get a snow cone for a nickel. You know, the shaved ice for five cents. So, we, you know, we would go there as a, as a group. We'd descend on Barney's in the morning, get our baseball cards. The only thing Barney didn't sell was comic books. And when we got older, I mean, I was a little younger than my friends, so I wasn't supposed to cross Atlantic, but we would go down to Fulton Street to buy comic books because Fulton Street had a, a, a store, a candy store that had comic books. And Barney didn't sell magazines, just sold um, newspapers. So, we, you know, Barney's was the place that we... And, you know, it, it was like it was our second home. We went there all the time. Um, even when we were allowed to leave for lunch, you know, early on, 1965, 1966, at St. Rita's, you, you would go home for lunch. 
and you eat fast and then go to Barney's um, and, and get a, a candy bar or get baseball cards. Or, you know, tops. You used to buy tops to play crack top. And, that, you know, you wind them up and there's a game called crack top. And uh, we would buy our tops at Barney's. Um, you would buy Barney sold Pensy Pinkies for 25 cents and Spaldines for 30 cents. They were like little rubber balls. We bought our we bought our balls to play stick ball and handball and punch ball from Barney's. Um, one of the things we used to do to, to Zips because the, the the guy that owned it was not as gentle as Angelo. And I'm sure he's a nice man, but we would go in and say, "How much is a five cent coke?" And see how long it took him to lose his mind and throw us out. Um, <laughs> you know, we used to do that. I, it, it's just you know we we just had the run of the neighborhood. Um, you played, we, we, we formed our own teams, and, you know, you would play other blocks, you know, like Arlington Village, we would play the guys from Elton Street, or we would play Linwood Street, and we'd play them in punch or football, you know, as we got older, we'd go up to Highland Park and play football on the, on the big fields. Um, didn't really go to Highland Park a lot when we lived in the village, because we had, we had everything right there, we had a, we had a field, we didn't need to go up to Highland Park. Um, then when I was 13, we moved to what we call the north end of the neighborhood. I moved up to a place called Skink Court. And then the park became sort of the place to go because now we were on a street. We had to go to, you know, you went to the park to play basketball and you went to, you went to the park to play. We, we played football on some of the side streets, but if we wanted to play tackle, we would go up to the park. Um, you'd play roller hockey in the park. Um, and then, and this is still Cypress Hills. Yeah, Highland Park is um, it's it's kind of East New York, Cypress Hill. Yeah, it's Jamaica Avenue. It runs from uh, Warwick Street to Highland Boulevard, right up there. Highland Boulevard separates from the cemetery. And uh, then when I was fourteen, I was going to high school. I started going to the YMCA on Jamaica Avenue. It was called the Highland Park YMCA. It's now called something else, the Five Towns or something. Um, and I actually worked there for four years. I worked there all through high school. Um, I was in a, something called the Service Club, and then the leader, Then they all got combined into the Leaders Club, um, where we would teach gym classes. And once or twice on an emergency basis, I was a lifeguard. I wasn't YMCA certified, but I was Red Cross certified. So in a pinch, I could watch the pool. Um, and you know, we we worked. We would we would run the youth department. We would there was a game room, and you gave out the pool balls and the pool cues and the ping pong balls, and you made sure kids didn't kill themselves climbing on the ping pong table. Because you climb on a ping pong table, it'll fold in half with you in it. I know that because I did it. Um, that's how I found that out. <laughs> a lot of times, things I know are dangerous is because I did them. <laughs> came home bleeding. <clears throat> um, but I worked at the YMCA until I was a senior in high school, and then we moved out of the neighborhood um, shortly after my senior year in high school as I was a freshman in college. But at the YMCA, we had, um, you know, I ran a basketball league, uh, YBA, Youth Basketball Association. We had a, a house league that I coached the team, and my friends, we all coached the team. Um, it's just, you know, it's a good neighborhood. It was kind of self-contained. It was... A good mix of people. 
I want to. I want to. I want to trade it for the world. What what high school did you go to St. Rita's for high school? No, St. Rita's Grammar School, St. Francis Prep, in uh, two years on North Sixth Street between Bedford and Driggs in Williamsburg. Yeah, we called it Greenpoint then. Now I know everybody calls it Williamsburg because you know you can get more rent if you call it Williamsburg. Greenpoint. Um, but we called it Greenpoint, and um, then it moved out to Fresh Meadows in 1974. They moved out to uh, where it is now on um, the OIA. So I went there for two years, you know, for the first two years in Brooklyn I was there. I graduated from prep, but two years in Brooklyn, um, riding the Canarsie Line to Bedford Avenue. The L train. The L, yeah. yeah. Actually, it was the LL then. It was two Ls in the early 70s. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, when I was uh, just little things, um, what's now the J train? It was called the QJ in the 60s and early 70s when I wrote it. It was the QJ. I think it became the J by the time I was in high school, but I remember the QJ. And another train, because I think they made different stops as you got west of Broadway Junction, there's a train called the K. There's a J and a K, and then there's a QJ, and I think it was the KK. And it just might be from Brooklyn. I mean, K might be Brooklyn. You know, Queens, Jamaica, KK would be Brooklyn. But, um, yeah. So we, you know, I mean, and that's how you got around. I, I, I'm, um, you know, even when I was 10 or 11, well, by the time I was 12, I was riding a subway by myself. Um, you know, and I can remember a friend of mine and I in junior high school, because I left St. Rita's after the sixth grade, and I went to um, junior high school 211 in Canarsie. My mother taught there. And, and I went there because I had a problem with a teacher that I was going to have again in eighth grade. And, um, yeah, I didn't like the guy. He didn't like me. And a part of it, you know, I'll take 50% of the blame. I was not the best student. I, I, I thought things were funny and would do them. And uh, I didn't like doing homework, which would really tick them off. But, um, you know, I thought he was a little nuts, too. Like, he, you know, Catholic school in the 60s, they were hitting kids. Oh. Yeah, yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd get you'd get a beating. <laughs> his, one, of, one of his big punishments was, and I'll, I'll I remember this: kneel down in front of the radiator with all your textbooks held out in your arms, straight out, and God help you if they hit the floor. <laughs> you got to kneel down in front of the radiator, front of so the radiator. Hot, holding your textbooks. Yeah. After the first two minutes, like yeah, this is the best you got. Four minutes in, you're like, your, your arms start to shake. Um, but yeah, we didn't. That, but that was like, you didn't go home and tell your mother, you know, because she'd catch another beating. <laughs> What'd you do to make sister? What'd you do to make sister so mad at you? What'd you do to make him so mad at you? So you didn't say anything. Yeah, never said. I remember the first time I got hit. In, in, in kindergarten, and I still remember this. My mother was a teacher. She was studying being a teacher at the time. And she, um, she had taught me how to like, kind of read and write. I was five, right? so I wasn't, I wasn't Shakespeare, but I could read and write. <laughs> We're sitting in kindergarten and we get these words. And I read the instructions and do it while she's walking around telling everybody what to do. So she gets to my desk, I'm done. And I got slapped. 
So, I don't say anything. Because, you know, you're not going to tell your mother you did something wrong. I still remember. I can tell you her name, if you don't want to bleep it out. Her name was Margaret Ann Farino. As we're walking through the schoolyard, coming back, because she lived in Arlington Village. So I telling my mother how I got hit by how Miss Dorothy hit me. What are you doing? Luckily, my mother didn't get mad at that one because I, I wasn't really doing anything wrong. But it's, first time I got hit in school was kindergarten. It didn't stop. We, uh, I don't know, you want to hear all the hoodlum stuff? Like, not hoodlum, but silly stuff. Monday mornings in Catholic school, you had to have your shoes polished. Right? Yeah, they did a shoe inspection. You had to have your black shoes had to be polished because you wore a uniform. You had to have your shoes polished. And the girls wore white saddle shoes. And we found out that in the coat room, if you stood next to a girl and rubbed your freshly polished black shoes against their freshly polished white saddle shoes, you could leave black streaks on the shoes. To get them in trouble, of course. Sister Miriam Joseph caught us doing this and lined all the boys up in the hallway. And we all got warm with the paddle. And they what happened Tuesday? <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, the other thing, I, I mean, another thing I remember about St. Reed is, and um, was interesting, was the, uh, the, the East New York Savings Bank. We all had a bank book. And every Monday morning you came in with your bank book. And, you know, you put money in. And you had, like, a little savings account. And, and everybody at St. Reed had, a, had an East New York Savings Bank savings account. And, you, know, they, you, you turned it in on Monday and on Friday you got your bank book back and you opened up and said a dollar, you know, showed you how much interest you got. That's how they taught us about savings, the East New York Savings Bank. We all had an account. It's also a great bakery in East New York called Maxwell's, which is still there. That was, you know, Maxwell's cake for your birthday. We love Maxwell's Bakery. And the Brachmentos restaurant, which became famous, they moved, but the, or I think the original one, or the one in the 60s, was on Liberty and Barrowman. It was, it was Salad Brachmentos, and then I guess his wife took it over. And the last I heard it was in, um, well, I think he passed, and, and she ran it. But um, it moved to, to further into Brooklyn, and then the last location, I think that's closed, was um, somewhere like Woodhaven Boulevard, around Woodhaven Boulevard. But Brachimentos was out. You could, in, in, in Arlington Village, you couldn't get a slice of pizza anywhere. Because the only place that you got pizza nearby was a Brachimentos. You had to buy the whole pie. They didn't sell slices. It was just a restaurant. So you went in and bought a pie. The bowling alley was the Hale Bowling Alley on Hale Avenue. Hale and Fulton. Um, it's not there anymore. The last time I went past, I, I drove past it. I drove down the neighborhood. But uh, they... What I remember about Hale is there's a sign on the door that said, go to Hale and bowl. <laughs> kind of fun. <laughs> but that was a big deal. You know, you'd, you'd get a dollar. You can go bowl two games and rent a pair of shoes for a buck. Or a buck and a quarter. <clears throat> the other big treat was um, at Arlington Village across the street was a, was a White Castle. It was White Castle and Carvel. So big thing, you know, back then hamburgers were 12 cents. So if you had a dollar... You need like a king at White Castle. 
Literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can get like six burgers and shake for less than a dollar. <laughs> Because shakes for twenty five cents, and the burgers for twelve cents. So we, and uh, the the teachers at St. Rita's used to eat at White Castle. They'd send like you'd get picked to go to White Castle and bring back the order for the teachers. You, know, you could walk the two blocks down to White Castle. Yeah, that was trusting. Yeah. Trusting. Yeah. Well, we were all we were in fear. <laughs> we weren't going to do anything with their money or their lunch. We should have. <laughs> So, and I mean, that was, you know, growing up in East New York, it's just, it's like, it's like, I look at it and I say, I can't imagine, I mean, my daughter, I can't imagine letting her have to run the neighborhood that we had in 1965, where we just went wherever we wanted, and nobody thought, nobody thought about it. You just, you just went, you know, you went to the, you wanted to go to Kansas City, you went to the Kansas City, you know? We used to build go-karts. We used to, we used to um, try to grab the milk, the wooden milk cartons from Key Food and, and cut them up to make seats for our go-karts. We would build these, you know, just take, get a couple two-by-fours, put carriage wheels on them, put a, put a, nail, a nail a milk carton to the back and, you know, you'd steer it with a piece of clothesline. Did you race? Yeah. I mean, we had, where we lived, there were, there were these driveways. Where I talked about playing basketball in the driveways. They went down, so it was, it was low. And I look at it now, and it's like, I can't believe we thought that was a big hill, but that's where we would go sleigh riding. We wouldn't go walk up to Highland Park. We could sleigh ride on the driveway. It was a hill. And um, <clears throat> we would run the go-karts down there, too. You just roll them down the hill and see how far you can go, see if you can make the full turn. That's what we did. We built go karts. That's cool. I haven't heard that. Never heard about the go karts. Mm -hmm. Go karts, yeah. Yeah, I wish I had a picture of one because I mean they were so simple. It was a long two by four. And you drilled a hole and you put a bolt so that the front could move. You put a smaller two by four and put the carriage wheels on them and you put and you nail a two by four to the back with carriage wheels. Put the milk carton on it and then you just put two pieces of rope so you can turn it. And you just sit in it and go down the hill. It was, you know, it's like growing up with the little rascals, you know, you just, you just invent it again. Yeah, the thing is with that neighborhood too, is what I remember is, you wouldn't be sitting in the house. There was no, there was no, no such thing as sitting in the house. You know, you get up on Saturday morning, you want to watch the cartoons on Saturday morning, and then by about 10 o'clock, your mother or my grandmother would be looking like, why aren't you outside? And you go outside. And we used to call calling for you. You go out and call for somebody. Bang on the door. Can Ricky come out? Can Bobby come out? You bang on the door. And well, um, we're actually nearing the end. Um, is there, I guess, a lasting memory, a thought, or advice that you want to leave for future researchers or little um, our little people, next generation that want to? Yeah, just get out of the house. Get out of the house. I mean, that's what we learned in, as, as kids. You know, we had more fun. We didn't have, you know, we just went out and invented, you know, 
it showed showed them a picture, the picture that they've got of um, some of my friends and my brother and I. We took a we took a shopping cart, turned it upside down, put rags on our head, made eye patches, grabbed garbage can lids and shields, and we were pirates. That's all we did. We were pirates. You know, it's, it, there was no. We didn't have to go anywhere. We didn't have to pay admission. We just had to not get caught taking a shopping cart. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, that's like, get out of the house. Just go, go play. Go do something. Um, and that's what the na- you know, that neighborhood did. You learned how to get along with everybody because, you know, if you, if, if you didn't, you were going to be in a fist fight every day. So you just kind of like, you know, your kids, it's just like, you find common ground. We can all play baseball. We can all play football. We can all play basketball. And it was like, you just, you did, you know? And, and, and I mean, unfortunately, you know, you can't do this now, but, you know, I can walk, I was, I can remember being in first grade walking by myself to school. Just, you know. There was, you know, my mother knew I knew how to cross the street. I knew how to look both ways. I knew when I got to Shepherd Avenue that there was going to be a cop there crossing us. And we knew, you know, but but it was because we weren't. We were always out. <laughs> you know, we were always, and it, and it was, you know, it was it was the older kids watch out for the younger kids, and you know, you'd go to the, you'd be going to Barney's and you'd make sure the little kids didn't kill themselves crossing the street. Just like the old guys made sure I didn't kill myself crossing the street. And you just, you know, it was a neighborhood. It was a real neighborhood. I mean, I, I do miss it. I mean, I miss, you know, you, you, you miss sort of that sense of being in a neighborhood. In fact, I'm going to go driving through it when we go home. <laughs> We're going through East New York. Actually, we we have to a little bit, but stop by Maxwell. Yeah, Maxwell. We got to get to Atlantic Avenue for that. And they tore down the East New York Savings Bank, which was they just tore it down, which is kind of sick. Beautiful old building. I don't, I don't get it. All right, well, thank you so much, Tony. Oh, you're welcome. My pleasure.